Welcome to Today in the Word with Pastor Bob Larson of Calvary Chapel Caldwell. Pastor Bob will be with us in just a few minutes, but first we'd like to let you know that Calvary Chapel is located on the corner of 10th and Everett, across from the library in downtown Caldwell. We have two Sunday morning services at 9.30 and 11.30. If you prefer Saturday nights, we have a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. We also have a midweek service Wednesday night at 7 p.m. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. on ABC Channel 6.1. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truths in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. Today, uh, we're looking at First Samuel 15, and the title of the message is To Obey is Better Than Sacrifice. So if you have your Bibles open, let's read uh, in verse, starting in verse 22. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great a delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected you from being king. Here in uh, 1 Samuel 15, Uh, Samuel is saying to Saul, who is the king of Israel, the first king of Israel, he's saying, because of your disobedience and your rebellion, you're not going to be able to fulfill all that God wants to do in your life. And this is a great illustration for us and a great lesson to learn from, is that we aren't automatically going to accomplish all of the purposes and plans that God has for us. He gives us free will to choose. And we can either choose to obey, obey him or disobey him. Now, God wanted to do great things in Saul's life, but Saul <coughs> did not want to obey God. And this is the reason that he doesn't finish well. And I think this is so important because uh, God wants Saul to finish well. God wants all of us to finish well. And when you think about your life, nobody ever thinks to themselves, I want to do pretty good. Like, let's say that you're, your life is a book and it has 100 chapters. How many of you have you thought, you know what, I want to do really good till about you know, chapter 70. And there I want to just fall apart and have my life be a wreck. Anybody want to write that as a, no one wants that, right? And, and so the Bible tells us that God wants us to finish well. He wants the end of the book to be good, right? And so the apostle Paul said in 2 Timothy 4, 7, I have fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. And that's what I want for my life. That's what God wants for your life and my life. We want to finish well. God wants you to get to the end of your life and say, yeah, you want to hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. Now, I believe inside of every one of us that there is a desire to accomplish all that God has for us. Saul is a picture of someone who starts out following God, has a lot of potential, tremendous potential. In fact, the Bible says that he was taller than everyone else. He was extremely handsome. You know, he was just Mr. GQ. And uh, if he lived in Hollywood, then he'd be a star, right? He was tall, good looking. He was humble. And he, he started out great, but because he didn't see the need to obey God, he didn't finish well, right? And the very thing that God told him to do, he didn't do. That was the very thing that was the death of his life, right? And, and, and God loved Saul. He wanted him to do well. And that's why he told him, hey, look, this is how you do well. And, but Saul didn't want to obey God's ways. Now, you know, this is probably pretty apparent in any two-year-old, right? If any of you have kids or grandkids, you see a two-year-old, mom and dad says, look, you can't drink the Drano from under the sink in the kitchen. It's bad for you. And the kid's like, why not? You're such a mean parent. You want me to drink the Drano, right? I mean, uh, or whatever it is, right? Kids, 
that, you know, they don't see any need to obey the parents because they're kids. But once we grow up, we need to understand that God loves us. He has a plan for us and he cares about you and he wants you to finish well. Now, here's the thing. God knows the future. None of us do. And so he tells us, look, there's a way to finish well. And he gives us instructions how to finish well. And it's the Bible, right? The Bible tells us how to finish well. And Saul he didn't want to obey God, right? He thought, I know better than God. That's what a little kid does. I know better than my mom and dad. But God wants us to understand that he knows the future. He created you. He has a plan for you. And he knows the end of your life from the beginning, the Bible says. In fact, the Bible says God knew you before you were even born. Now, Saul doesn't want to obey God. And, and then when he, you know, goes against God, he always has excuses for not obeying. Remember, we read it in uh, 1 Samuel 13 where Saul was uh, uh, commanded by God to wait at Gilgal for seven days, and Samuel would come. And remember, Saul didn't wait, and, and he didn't want to wait. And, and so he doesn't obey God's command. He offers a sacrifice he's not supposed to. And, you know, it was just willful disobedience. God wants us to get past the place where that controls us, right? And every time Saul was confronted with his sin, he always had an excuse, you know, and he was always shifting the blame. It was always somebody else's fault. These people did it. He even blamed Samuel quite often. Samuel, it was your fault. And Saul never repented his whole life because he was always shifting the blame to someone else, right? He was blame shifting all the time. Now, we know this didn't start with Saul, and that's what I love about the Bible. The Bible helps us to understand why we act like we act and where did it come from, right? Way back in the Garden of Eden, remember when God said to Adam, Adam, what have you done when he sinned? And remember what Adam there in Genesis 3, 12, the man said, the woman whom you gave uh, to be with me, she gave me of the tree and I ate. Right off the bat, from the beginning of man's history, Adam is blaming Eve. Adam basically says, God, look, you created the garden, that was great. You created me, that was great. I was living here in the garden. Everything was great. It was paradise. It was awesome, right? And then you made the woman. God tells Psalm verse 2, uh, thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up out of Egypt. So remember, Amalek attacked God's people when God brought him out of Egypt. Remember in Exodus 17, God was bringing Israel to the promised land and Amalek, they killed many of God's people. So God tells Saul, hey, you need to completely wipe out the Amaleks the Amalekites, because they continually try to destroy God's people. Now, this is a picture for us in the New Testament. Amalek is a picture of the flesh. Amalek comes from Esau, and the flesh is constantly warring against the spirit, and your flesh wants to destroy your spiritual life, right? Your flesh wants to do things that are not good for you. Romans 8, 13 says, if by the spirit we put to death the deeds of the flesh, that's speaking about your fleshly nature, a sinful carnal nature, you will live, right? So, so the Bible tells us that we need to recognize that we're body, soul, and spirit, and that when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, that spiritually they died, and then their flesh or their carnal nature controlled their life, and then now we're spiritually made alive, and as believers now, we need to reckon the old carnal nature dead. Romans 6, 4 says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. Now, this is a, a picture of what baptism is, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him and that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. In other words, before you're a born-again believer, you are a slave to your carnal nature. You, you, it controls you, right? But when you become spiritually alive, then we have the power to walk in the Spirit. Now, God tells Saul in verse 3, go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all uh, all they have and do not spare them. Now, 
God tells King Saul, hey, completely wipe out the Amalekites. They were vicious, cruel, evil people. Uh, they not only tried to kill God's people, but they sacrificed their own children alive to their gods. They were evil. And God had given them 400 years to repent, and now God's judgment is coming on them. Verse 9, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and the oxen and the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good. And they were, and I underlined this, unwilling to utterly destroy them, but everything despised and worthless they utterly destroyed now was Saul unable to do what God told him or was he unwilling well the word is unwilling right he could do it he didn't want to do it God gave him all he needed to do it the principle here is that partial obedience is disobedience right and so God said look wipe them all out and they didn't do it right now Saul obeys part of what God said but he doesn't obey right and 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 he uh, kept Agag alive, which God told him not to, and he kept all the best animals God told him not to, and there was a reason for that. In verse 13, then Samuel went to Saul and said to him, blessed are you of the Lord. I have performed the, and the commandment of the Lord. So when Samuel sees Saul, Saul says to Samuel, I've done everything God wanted me to do. I cleaned my whole room. He didn't, right? He, he tries to pretend like that he was completely obedient, but he wasn't, right? And and, and we call this deceiving ourselves. Now, the Bible talks a lot about it, and there's illustrations through the whole Bible, and this is an important truth to understand. Every one of us has the potential to deceive ourselves, to tell ourselves things about ourselves that are absolutely not true. Now, the Bible tells us that God loves you, and God doesn't want you to deceive yourself. He wants you to know the truth about yourself. 1 Corinthians 3, 18 says, let no one deceive himself. That's written to us. Don't deceive yourself. Don't think things about yourself that's not true. Saul is deceiving himself. So verse 14, Samuel said, what then? So he said, hey, I did everything God wanted. And then Samuel says, what then is this bleeding of the sheep in my ears? And what is the lowing of the oxen which I hear, right? Saul confronts Samuel and says, look, if you did what God said, there would be no sounds of sheep, or, right? But he's saying, look, you, you disobeyed God. Why did you disobey God? And then what does Saul do? He says, oh, I'm sorry. You know what? I, I was wrong. It was partial disobedience. I mean, partial obedience. And no, he rolls out the excuses. And this is such a great lesson for us. This is not what God wants us to do. So in verse 15, Saul said, I got great excuses, Samuel. They, uh, they have brought them from the Amalekites. So he's, they, they did it, not me. For the people spared the best of the sheep and the oxen, the sacrifice uh, to sacrifice to the Lord your God, and the rest we have utterly destroyed. So Saul starts out with, Hey, it's them. They did it, right? Now, he's the king. He's in charge. But Saul is an example of someone who every time God confronts him with his sin, he makes excuses. And God gave Saul all the resources he needed to accomplish it, but he was unwilling to do it. He just didn't want to do it. And the reason that Saul didn't do it is because he simply chose not to. That was his choice. The reality is, is that Saul was unwilling to obey and you know, he, he was just willfully disobedient. He knew what God said, and he did the opposite. All of us, from time to time, we come to a place where we know God's word says this, and we do the opposite, right? But Saul's excuses always kept him one step away from repentance and experiencing God's bless and finishing well. And Saul's excuses kept his enemies alive. And Saul ends up being killed by an Amalekite, right? The very people that God said, look, you need to wipe them out. Now, Amalek is, you know, in, in biblical typology, is a type of the flesh, as we said. In Romans 8, 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. Because if we do the deeds of the flesh, that's what he's saying, if you allow your flesh to control your life, it's going to slowly destroy your life. And that's what the Bible says, that sin brings death. 
in every area, psychologically, physically, emotionally, spiritually, every aspect of your life. Relationally, it destroys marriages. It destroys relationships with parents and children and grandkids and grandparents. And sin destroys, right? And so the Bible gives us these pictures of how sin destroys. Now, in verse 20, uh, Saul said to Samuel, but I have obeyed, right? So after he confronts him and says, look, you didn't obey. He said, but I have obeyed the voice of the Lord and gone on the mission on which the Lord sent me and brought back Agag, the king of Amalek, and I utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now, Saul's deceiving himself. He didn't destroy them all. He brought the king back, Agag, and you know, but, but then he says to Saul, I did it. So when you start deceiving yourself, the next step is you start lying to yourself and you start lying to other people. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. We'd like to share with you a couple of things that are going on here at Calvary Chapel. Calvary Chapel Caldwell is now hiring full-time and part-time positions for our exciting Calvary Kids Learning Center. If you enjoy working with children from newborn through kindergarten, please give us a call at 453-9653. Positions are Monday through Friday with our availability to fit your schedule. To learn more about these exciting opportunities, please call 453-9653. We look forward to meeting with you. Calvary Chapel Caldwell would like to invite you to our Saturday night service at 7 p.m. This is an alternative for those who cannot make it to our Sunday morning services. Like us on Facebook at Calvary Chapel Caldwell or check out our website at calvarycaldwell.com. You can watch Today in the Word on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on The CW, Channel 2.2. Join us as we broadcast Calvary Chapel Caldwell's Sunday morning church services, where Pastor Bob teaches you how to apply the truth in your Bible to your everyday experiences so that you might enjoy a better life. If you would like a copy of Pastor Bob's message today in its entirety, you can call us at 208-453-9653 during the hours of 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. If you're not currently attending a church and are in the Caldwell area, we'd like to invite you to one of our services. We're located on the corner of 10th and Everett, right across from the library in downtown Caldwell. You can also visit us on the web at calvarycaldwell.com. If Today in the Word is ministered to you and you would like to support this radio outreach ministry, we encourage you to pray for us. You can also partner with us financially. Simply visit calvarycaldwell.com to make a donation. Thank you for joining us for Today in the Word. May the Lord bless you and may you have a great day. Today is the day you